boys and girls. This is Ellie and Cece. Thanks for listening to our dad's podcast. Please subscribe and share it with your friends. Nailed it. At the tender age of 48, Greg Payne became a grandpa for the first time. So what did he know about it? Well, admittedly, not much. He needed some on-the-job training. And with that, the Cool Grandpa podcast and a community was born. Greg joins the show to talk about his strength of purpose, the interviews, stories, and wisdom that he's gathering in an ongoing pursuit to figure this thing out. Greg Payne, welcome to Pick Up the Six podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here. This is this is great stuff, man. Dude, it's not every day we get to have a cool grandpa on the show. We've had <laughs> we've had at least one by my count so far to date, uh, and we've got more likely coming. But man, I'm thrilled uh, to get to talk to you and meet you. We'll, we'll talk about how we got connected, but first and foremost, man, just pumped to have you today. Yeah, yeah, no, this is, you know, this is great. This is uh, a subject that I love talking about, obviously, right? That's, you start on a podcast, you invest a few bucks of your own money into right. it. And the the amazing thing is, is the community that's, that I wouldn't say come out of the woodwork, but has definitely come to the forefront of my conversation, um, you know, my thinking, and then also with the other people I'm talking to now, right? I, I think to an extent, it's not one of those subjects that you always talk about so much, but then you hear about people's stories about their grandfather. Oh, my grandfather taught me how to bow hunt. Oh, my grandfather taught me how to, uh, you know, work in the business. And first taught me how to do physical inventory in his hardware store or something along those lines. Almost everybody that's had any kind of a meaningful connection with their grandfather has had a last, that grandfather relationship has had a lasting impact on them. Man, I love it. Golly, I love it. And what's happened here is out of a a kind of selfish need for yourself to figure out some on the job training, you've been able to dig into this community. And what's cool about all of this is, you know, our focus here at Pick Up the Six is to talk about stories where people talk about their service before self. I care to guess you got some grandpas that have fit that that mold. You know, the strength of purpose, which I think is something that you're exemplifying. And then community impact. And, and community impact doesn't necessarily have to be, we're going to go down to the local Boys and Girls Club and we're going to do X, Y, and Z, which, by the way, is great. But you're impacting this community by designing this platform and launching it. So I think that's super cool. Let's get to know you a little bit. We're going to talk about the moment you got the news that you're going to be sort of part of this growing family tree. But who's Greg Payne, man? What's up? Okay, so um, I got the news when my son and my oldest son and daughter-in-law were down here in Atlanta visiting for, for Christmas. And they'd been married for a couple of years. Uh, he's mid twenties. She's early to mid twenties. So, kind of figure, you know, it's about time to start a family and things like that. Not that we were putting pressure on them. It's just one of those things where these things happen, so to speak, right? And so we're sitting there, we're doing the Christmas gifts, uh, going through all that, and then they pull out this thin little envelope. And like, mom, dad, we've got one other thing to show you. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, it's a sonogram. It's a sonogram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And sure enough, it's a sonogram. <laughs> I you were and, uh, sure enough, it was a Target gift card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or REI or Cabela's or something. Yeah, no. Right. But, uh, you know, so we were excited and shocked. They hadn't really told us that this was coming. But like I said, I mean, it, it, not completely out of the blue uh, with it. Along with all the natural feelings of, I'm excited, this is going to be a great adventure, I'm happy for my son, I'm happy for my daughter-in-law, in the back of my mind, too, I'm like, oh, crap, you guys are making me old, <laughs> you know? Um, I'm still working on trying to learn whitewater kayaking, <laughs> I'm still, you know, playing softball from time to time, I'm still doing stuff, getting out, you know, not as much as I used to. But then this kind of hit me and it's like, ooh, I'm old and now I'm, you know, I've, I've got this upcoming mentor role that, that, that's on the horizon. Was any part of you, uh, and you know, we're, we're laughing about sort of that oh crap moment, but you're like, I'm still trying to figure out how to be the best dad I can be to my son, right? I mean, in all seriousness, what's yeah. the thought process like there? No, ab absolutely. Because I think one of the cool things is, and I'm, I go through some of the Dan Miller stuff, right? And so part of that with his, um, you know, trying to figure out career choices, life choices, things, there, there's still a little bit of like, hey, I'm 40, 50 years old. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. I mean, I'm doing my job. I've got a day job. I'm, I've got a house. I've got a wife. I've got all this stuff. But I think one thing that didn't hit me until this experience is that I think a lot of men, um, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever it is, are still trying to figure things out. Uh, I think the idea that uh, grandfathers or fathers, you know, you, 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 I think you figure out that dads don't know everything when you start hitting those late teens, 20s, 30s, you know, that time, that frame it's like, okay, dad doesn't know everything. He's doing the best he can with what he's got. And, but then with the grandfather part of it, it's like, wow, grandfathers are still trying to figure this thing out. And grandfathers have all sorts of major life issues that are coming at them at this time of our lives too. Not just the grandchildren, but if you think about it, a lot of us are becoming empty nesters. You know, so it may have been 20, 25 plus years that we always had kids in the house with you and the spouse. So what's that like again? Now you've got to figure out that relationship. Do you guys still like each other? What are your mm -hmm. interests without the kids and soccer games? Then with, with me, I'm in an age group where people are starting to look at that retirement horizon and starting to look at that, ooh, I'd really hate to go look for a job at 55. You know, so there's a lot of things that are on our plates as grandfathers and, and let's say middle-aged or older men, however you wanna, whatever category we fit into, where we're still trying to figure things out. And that's one thing that I started with this podcast and, and you mentioned it is, I don't know how to be a grandfather. I had a great role model as a grandfather and I've seen awesome grandfathers. So I've got that to work with, but we don't get an instruction guide that says, Hey, congratulations. Your kids are about to hand you a grandbaby. Here's, here's your, you know, your booklet on how to be a grandpa. 
And what's amazing is, um, you know, the blessing and the curse of social media and digital media and all these ways that we can connect. Well, in your instance, this is a way where you can leverage these amazing technologies to, to not only provide resources, uh, things you found online, but to provide some voices and, and bring some voices to it. And what's cool is, Greg, you've become sort of a natural storyteller as it relates to this. And, and you've decided, look, I think the best way for me to learn and pick things up is the sort of sponge method this and just hear a lot of different Story. So get, set the time frame for me. You said December. Was that December 2019, December 2020? Where are we at in the process? Oh. Where, we got a baby? What do we got going yeah, on? We got a so grandkid? That was, where are we at? Uh, I think 20, 2018. Okay. Yeah. So it now you're a couple of years into it. Now you're a couple of years into it. Right. I'm coming up on three years in July. All right. So before we talk about just the things that you guys are talking about on the podcast, some of the stories you've told, because I know you've got some great ones that I want to hear about. Tell me about this little one. And, and did you feel like maybe this reprioritized some things for you? I think it did. I, I think what really bubbled to the surface was um, that I need to get myself in alignment and prepared that I can dump as much wisdom into this kid as I can when it's age appropriate right? <laughs> I can't take a five-year-old and then start talking about concepts like free will with a five-year-old, right? right? Or, you know, hey, this is what you do on dates and this is what you don't do on dates. Right. With a five, you can't do that. But what I can do with a five-year-old is talk about how do you treat your mom? Mm -hmm. You know, yep. when you throw that fit and you, and you stomp your feet and you do this stuff, it's disrespectful to your mom. So, Hey, grandson, you know, this is, this is what, something that we're going to work on. Then, you know, when they're preteens and teenagers and things, I, I want to be able to be there to make sure that I can give them the guidance that's in alignment with their parents, but then also some of the life lessons that I learned. So one of the things that really jumped out at me and, and something that I think men ought to be thinking about is really your your health and your mental well-being too because if i don't take necessarily the best care of myself i've got a desk job i'm sitting all the time it's it's not super healthy but at the same time having that grandkid now it's like ooh i'd love to be around for when that when he gets married and i would love to be around for to 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 see that play itself out right uh, do some road trips with the grandkid. Uh, you know, so there's some things where when for me, when that hit, where it's very much, okay, so how can I do this the best way I can, knowing that I'm not perfect, uh, I'm going to make some mistakes, but that I want to be around as long as I can to make sure that I pour into that kid. Uh, and, and I've got a granddaughter too. Mm -hmm. uh, good work ethic, pour into them that, you know, they need to follow their own design, how, however their talents and wherever God has wanted them to go, that they're strong enough and they know enough to do that. Because I, I talked to my kids a lot about the financial mistakes that I've made. Mm. And I said, I just went through a big minefield and I'm all bloodied from all the mistakes I had. 
So you know what? Your path should be a little bit easier. Right. You know, you're going to step on your own minds and you're going to make your own mistakes. You're like, but, I'm out here taking fire for you guys. Right, exactly. You know, I, I, I've kind of gone through, I did the thing. I got the Sears credit card at 18 and then maxed it out because I needed to get a credit score, right? And I did some, I did some foolishness. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's where I want to be. I want to be able to pour in that life wisdom and life lessons. I want to be able to be there and be as healthy as I can for those grandkids. He's Greg Payne. The podcast is Cool Grandpa Podcast. Their website, cool-grandpa.us. We're going to have you share a few stories that you've picked up along the way. We have a mutual connection that actually got us connected that we're both going to have on our shows uh, as well. You've already had her uh, and I have as well. She's amazing. We'll talk about that in a minute as well too. Uh, so what you're telling me, I heard tucked in there. When I learned how to holster a 38 at five years old, that was perhaps maybe he showed me that lesson a little too early. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> All right. So tell me about those role models in your life. Cause you interview so many people and you get to hear about theirs, but I want to hear about yours a little bit. So who helped shape you to be the man you are today? Yeah. So my grandfather, uh, a little bit about him is he grew up in uh, Utah, was a farmer all of his life, uh, joined the army, or I don't know if he joined as much as was uh, drafted into the army around World War II, uh, trained uh, pilots uh, as part of that uh, mission that he was in. And then he and his brothers built a far homestead out in Eastern Oregon, where he was a uh, wheat farmer. He grew mint and he was a rural postal carrier. Wow. And so he was one of these guys, you know, up at the crack of dawn, milked the few cows, ran the postal route and then came back and did some more work on the farm and, uh, you know, had seven kids of his own. And, you know, was just had that, I don't know, I'd almost say, and it sounds cliche and it, and it sounds like it may be negative, but it is absolutely not negative. He had that American work ethic that we hear about of people that were born in the 19 teens and came up in the 20s and the 30s through that depression. Mm -hmm. um, these guys built their own homes. You know, they were given 30 acres of scrub brush and then turned it into a working farm. The other thing too, is that when I was younger, he would always, always share with me uh, memories of his childhood and would always be very patient with me as a city kid going out to the farm when I had the opportunity to go do chores with him. And he was more patient with me than with any of my uncles. And I can tell you one time I was uh, working the tractor and I came in too close to an apple tree and it snapped a branch off the apple tree with the tractor. It didn't hurt the tractor, but it hurt the tree. And, uh, you know, my grandfather just came out and gave me some correction and uh, never fussed at me or anything. I get back, my younger uncles were like, he would have torn our heads off. He would have done this. And you know, he was patient and kind and would show me the outdoors and would just share his own experiences with me. He was very open with me uh, to the point where, you know, he would share very spiritual type messages with me uh, the, of his own experiences. 
he would talk about his uh, parents. And part of what really stood out to me was when my mother and father divorced is how he poured all of his resources into supporting my mom. Now, I'm not talking bad about my dad. There's a whole bunch of circumstances that came up, health issues and things like that, that, you know, so that's not, I'm not, you know, trying to make him into a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, we got you. Yep. My grandfather, who didn't have much, you know, made sure my mom had a working car, uh, would come out to Virginia where we lived, and he would... um, build an interior wall to help separate a room. Uh, It separated the living room from the kitchen. Uh, He would do projects with me and my brother. He built my brother a uh, 12 foot high quarter pipe. And I can just imagine my grandfather thinking, why is this kid wasting this lumber and this material on something that he's gonna ride his bicycle up and down? But it was important to my brother. So then it was important to my grandfather to make this ramp that my brother could take apart and move up and down the, the, the driveway. So I think my grandfather's um, example mm-hmm. of being very selfless, yeah. making sure the kids were taken care of and you know, pouring himself as much as he could into his grandkids. Are, are examples that I hope to live up to. No, Greg, it's amazing. Tell, tell me his name. Tell me his first name. Walter Ashby. Walter Ashby. I, I don't know Walter Ashby other than the story you just told, but I feel like I could close my eyes and picture him. And I could, I could see a pair of those yellow leather workman's gloves maybe sticking out of his back pocket. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's amazing. It's amazing to hear about that selflessness that he showed you. And so one thing you said earlier was, you know, they can teach you how to physically do things. You know, I joked about that revolver, but ours taught us how to safely, securely shoot a gun, protect yourself, right? Even how to ball your fist up if you had to protect yourself. He taught us how to hammer things. I mean, how to physically, and both of them did. Both of my grandfathers did. Uh, They taught us how to physically do things. But then again, they taught us how to love their wife, how to love their family, how to love their God, and how to do all those other things that you're talking about as well, that selfless life. I can see we're looking at each other as we record this. I can see it on your face, just how much he meant to you. That's amazing. Uh, so blessed that you've got those amazing experiences. And then, and then tell me a little bit more about just the, in those moments of just hearing stories, how great, are, how great were those moments for you? Those stories, uh, now the stories my grandfather was telling me are stories that I gathered through the podcast. No, the stories that he would tell you. Oh my gosh. He would tell you. Wow. Um, I think that's what, that really drew me closer to relatives that I'd never met. Hmm. And by the time I was old enough to really start to comprehend these things, he was already in his late sixties. So his his parents had passed and some of his siblings had started to pass. And, but it took me back to understanding just how far he came. And what I mean by that is, as, as an example, the homestead they had in Utah, he and his brothers all slept in the same bed 
at least three, at least him and two other brothers all slept in the same bed. No heating upstairs. There was one layer of wood for the roof of the, the, the farmhouse that they were in. So in the wintertime, they would have to break the ice in the water containers in the morning to take a quick sponge bath before they got ready to go downstairs and do chores. Whoa. And he would talk about that it wouldn't be uncommon that they would wake up with frost, thick layer of frost on top of the quilts that they, they were sharing. And he talked about how the family just stayed together and they loved themselves. They loved each other. Right. Uh, and that the brothers and th- would get into fights. Sure. The brothers get into sure. fights. <laughs> but at the end o- of the day, of three, Greg, uh, yeah, can confirm that that's the case. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got my own brother stories to s- share sometime, but you know, at the end of the day, they all loved each other. Yeah. And when he was building that homestead in, in Oregon, the brothers came out and, and were helping to build that house. And this wasn't a prefab stand up tilt or tilt up wall construction kind of thing. This was, uh, we're putting plaster on top of lathe and we're doing old school brick masonry work. And, you know, this, this wasn't a, hey, we're gonna take a couple of weekends and get this thing done. But the brothers were there for him. Yeah. And, you know, he just always talked about the love that that family had going backwards. And so that made me appreciate what he had gone through, where he had come up that poor, mm. had uh, served in the war, had started his own farm, uh, worked for the government for a number of years as a postal carrier and then saw a lot, most of the kids go through, most of his kids go through college, uh, most of them off onto very successful careers and, you know, was able to help my mom especially go through that divorce because, and and that's where those stories all tie together, right? It, it's like, once I understand those backstories of his growing up and his uncles and aunts and family helping on the farm to how he treated my mom and myself when I would go out and visit. It's of course, that was just who he was. That was his character. He didn't have to, he didn't have to work at it. He was just a great man. Incredible. All right. So usually that's amazing, man. I I, I could sit here and listen to this uh, for hours and I'm glad that you've got the platform to be able to tell stories like that at the cool grandpa podcast. So usually you're sitting in the chair I'm sitting in firing questions at someone sitting across from you like this. So give me a few examples. And the connection point that connected us was a great, awesome lady named Amy Peacock. And her grandfather was general Rupertus who wrote the rifleman's creed. This is my rifle. This is my gun, which is absolutely amazing. And you've got a two-parter, I believe, a two-part episode with her and her sisters as they're doing more research about him and writing a book about him. So first of all, I tell everybody, absolutely, if you heard our episode with Amy Peacock, the founder of FIA and also from Virtual Athlete, and we're going to have her back to share 
the general's story. I definitely recommend you go check that two-parter out. But tell me, share share some other examples of just cool stories that you've collected uh, as you've been doing this thing. Yeah. So one of the stories that I that I pulled was um, from the very first episode that I released, and it was with a gentleman who pr- had three sons and a daughter. And growing up, his let's say focus and attention was primarily with the sons with wrestling and sports and everything going on. The daughter was doing cheerleading and he, he loves her very, very much and was part of her life. Uh, But then when he had the first granddaughter that came into his life, he had a realization that, Ooh, I needed to do, more by my daughter than what I did. And it was a very touching um, interview and and realization and something that you don't get as a father until you've had a chance to step back a little bit from it. Right. And I'm not saying that he neglected anybody or did anything, but it was like he had a realization that that relationship could have been and should have been different with him. And because he has primarily all granddaughters at this point and the older grandkids are granddaughters it's he's realized you know what those girls need and how the granddaughters attach themselves differently to grandma versus grandpa Um, not better not worse just different and so that was a fabulous revelation and, and a fabulous story and something that really touched my great my my wife because my grandson, if you put both of us together in the same room, he's going to come charging at me to wrestle and yeah. make him fly and do all sorts of young boy stuff. Whatever yeah. your your picture of what young boys want to do. Yep. Here's grandpa. He's your buddy. He's He's, He's ready to get into it. Yeah. He, he wants to, he wants to get it on, you know, um, he'll come at me with a flying elbow off the couch, (laughs) you know, all that stuff. He's coming at you like a spider monkey. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love it. Yep. Now his relationship with grandma is very good, but it's very different in that. Um, like I said, if, if we're together, he come, he gravitates towards me. And that's just a part of where he is in his life. But my granddaughter in that relationship between my granddaughter and my wife is going to be similar to that, or at least we've been prepared for it in that, you know, granddaughters are going to gravitate to grandma a little bit more, not because it's better or worse or anything, but it's a different type of relationship there. So that's been very, very encouraging and definitely a lesson learned. The other really interesting story that I had was I was talking with this woman, Deanne, and she got married when she was 19. So on the younger side, uh, and her grandparents lived close by and she goes over to her grandparents and she's newly married and she starts venting about her husband. And, you know, she didn't get into particulars, but she's over there, probably typical newlywed stuff. He puts the dishes in this way. I do them this way. And he doesn't listen, you know, whatever. 
But her grandfather stopped her short and said, I know him. He loves the Lord and he loves you. And I'm not going to let you badmouth him in my presence. And it brought her up short in a good way in that she has some things where she needs to communicate and work those things out with her husband and not air that laundry out in front of her grandparents or her parents, right? There's some things where that needs to be worked out. Um, and where she was going with that too was that she'd always had that example of how her grandfather always treated her grandmother with love and respect. And that's, that's a thing that was really jumped out to me is the women that I interview, if the grandparents are both there, they do pick up on that relationship between grandma and grandpa big time. And I never would have thought about that until I talked with some women about those relationships and, and the influence their grandfathers had on them. What an interesting perspective and way to think about it. You know, you think, all right, I'm going to launch a podcast about grandpas. I'll just talk to a bunch of grandpas about their stories. But don't forget, I mean, there's incredible perspective, knowledge and wisdom, uh, potentially, uh, you know, uh, in their spouse and their significant other, who's been a part of that incredible process of growth, you know, in their lives as well. Any other ones that that, uh, that really jump out to you that have that have less left a, a lasting impression. And tell us a little bit about Amy's story. Cause we only got into it a little bit on our first show with her. We're going to dig into more right. about the general, but tell us a little bit about theirs. Okay. So what was intriguing, I started following Amy's uh, group on Facebook, this discovery, my grandfather. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I reached out to her and was like, look, I'm really intrigued because you, her Facebook picture looks really young and her grandfather died in 1945. So I'm trying to put together some of the math on how does this work? Right. And then when I was talking with her, it was okay. They never met their grandfather and their grandfather died when her dad was five years old. And you know, the, the, the sisters, have all come down with different collections of memorabilia, diaries, whatnot, from uh, her mom and dad. And I think Amy was really spearheading this idea of let's get this all collected and written down. Like we've got this family history of a person of historical significance that has sometimes been maligned sometimes overlooked because of all this other information that's out there, which is not necessarily correct. And so Amy and the sisters have all got Amy, Heather and Kim have all gotten together and have really dutifully gone through and learned about this great man that was born in 1889, who lived such an incredible life growing up in the Washington DC area, which is also where I'm from. And then being such an integral part of World War II and the, the war in the Pacific, that I was just fascinated by it. One, why would you spend all that time digging through all this family history? You know, what's the motivation for doing that? And then two, 
what was the methodology for doing that? Because there's a bunch of people that have service members as grandfathers, uncles, great grandfathers, whatever. So I wanted to get to that story about, okay, so how do you guys do this? Who do you contact? How do you get service records? How do you do? So part one is a lot of the mechanics of that exploration. And part two is a deep dive into the general's life. Wow. And then also the meaning that it had for them, because you can definitely tell that Kim, Heather, and Amy are all close, but this drew them even closer together. And I think it gave them a real purpose and connection with their grandfather that they wouldn't have had from just looking at a plaque on a bookshelf or going, oh, here's a tote in the attic full of old papers. Well, and the fact that they had never met him and, and to be able to dig this thing out and, and essentially kind of walk through part of his life with them. It's episode 26 and 28 uh, from the, the Cool Grandpa uh, General Rupertus Part 1, Part 2. Guys, go check that out for sure. And a reminder, we're going to have Amy back as well to share that story here as they're writing that book. Uh, that sounds like just an amazing adventure that they're going on together to figure this thing out. It's really cool. Oh, it is. And, you know, if the listeners go in and check that out, what you're going to really hear is the love that these sisters have Mm -hmm. for their grandfather. And not just because he's an old dead relative of theirs, but it's like it's a truly genuine love that these uh, women have because they've gone through his records. They found his his first family that died of scarlet fever in China. Right. And when they talk about seeing his first family's graves there at Arlington. And they're just small little markers, almost little afterthoughts, right? But you hear in their voices in in the podcast episode that they're a little bit hurt and a little bit sad, I think, about like, here's this wife and two kids that he wasn't able to attend the funeral for. And they've got this small little marker off to the side Mm -hmm. from, from the general. And you know, that's one of the things that stuck out with me is because they've also got a, they, they have a genuine love for that first family as well. And we're doing a lot of research to try to find out more about um, his first wife and, and those kids. It's incredible. I mean, they've never met him. They never met them. It's, it's, I mean, they're not even technically really related, but just to, to, to have that sense of love, man, I am so fired up uh, for for this, for our listeners to go check it out, cool-grandpa.us. Listen to all the episodes, but episode 26, 28 are the ones we're talking about right now. Major General Rupertus. Uh, Greg, where else can folks find you if they want to check you out and and, uh, and see what's going on with the Cool Grandpas? Uh, I've got a personal web uh, Facebook page um, that feel free to to give that out. I put some silliness up there and I put some Cool Grandpa stuff up there. I'll be building out more of a Facebook community, but cool. between that, the website, and then the email, greg at cool-grandpa.com, uh, best places to shoot me a message. And if folks have a grandfather that they would love to talk about, I'd love to hear it. Wow, it's open line. You guys have the ability to get <laughs> to him and share that story. Learning, leading, and loving just incredibly cool stories that you're collecting and sharing as you, my friend, continue to navigate this journey and this chapter of your life. Greg, thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you so much. He's Greg Payne of the Cool Grandpa Podcast. I'm Brian Jodas, and this has been Pick Up the Six Podcast. <laughs>